You're listening to Kraken Fancast. The podcast for Seattle Kraken fans. By Seattle Kraken fans. Hi, hockey fans, and welcome to another episode of Kraken Fancast. I'm your host, Chris Porter. I'm here with my colleague, Jim Cockrell, for some Seattle Kraken hockey talk. Before we start, we want to say big, big thanks to our sponsor, The Angry Beaver, Seattle's number one hockey-themed bar located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. If you're not going to the Kraken game, catch the game at The Angry Beaver. Well, speaking of busy beavers, uh, they've been busy cracking. A lot lot of games happen. This is a pretty uh, jammed up uh, November schedule for the boys. So since our last episode, uh, which we had recorded right before the Arizona game, uh, we've got a few games uh, to kind of report back about and and kind of talk about what we've been uh, seeing over the last few days. Uh, Back in November 7th, the Kraken lost a very close one to Arizona in Arizona. Four to three. It was a shootout loss. Uh, Kraken at least got a point out of that game, but uh, you know it felt like a game that they were had in hand, and then it just uh, kind of fell apart there with um, with uh, Arizona tying it up and then uh, winning in the shootout. God, are the Kraken ever going to win a shootout? I don't know. We'll see. But uh, Ellie Tolvanen, um, uh, Schultz, and Schwartz, uh, the goals for. The Kraken on that one. Um, it was um, yeah, just a disappointing game. It felt felt like they were going to ha- handle that one. It was a bit of a homecoming though too, and it felt felt nice there to see uh, Joey Decord getting some Arizona love. That's where he went to college and where he uh, really became uh, a higher level goalie. So uh, he wasn't playing in his uh, college's arena. Mullet Arena was not uh, where uh, Arizona State plays, but. Um, he was he was a local there for a while, so that was cool that Joey got that start and did okay. Uh, but again, the shootouts, you know, it's kind of struggles with those. So, you know, unfortunately, the Kraken don't come up with that one, but uh, they get a point, and it was a little bit of nice momentum for two days later going over to Colorado and avenging a, an earlier loss. They won four to three in that game, and that was that game was in, important and interesting for a lot of ways, or a lot of reasons. Of course, the team won, and they needed badly needed some two points out of that. But uh, uh, Jordan Eberle, uh got hurt in practice the day before, uh, got a pretty nasty cut. So uh, we got to see a couple of Coachella Valley Firebirds coming up because also uh, Bellamar was also uh, hurting from the Arizona game. So so we had two guys out, and we brought up two guys, uh, Shane Wright and Ryan Winterton. Ryan Winterton's uh, first time in a Kraken regular season uh, game and uh, great to see those guys. So the homecoming for Joey and uh, and the day before and or two days before and then uh, these guys coming up was uh, was kind of nice to see these these young guys get get a chance and uh, they get a chance to be part of a four to three win on that game. Um, we had uh, uh, Grubauer on that game uh, playing his old team. And um, nice win there for sure. So uh, also we had uh, Schwartz, Bjorkstrand, and Maddie Beniers. That's the other reason why that was so fun. Maddie finally got off to Schneid there and got his uh, his own goal. Alva uh, Bjorkstrand with two goals. Um, just a, just a really great game there. So it's feeling like this team's kind of turning the corner. They started off slow and. And they're just continually turning a corner, right? Well, 
maybe not hold your horses on that one, uh, folks, because then it got uh, kind of ugly for two games in a row. Uh, team goes back to Seattle. Great to see them back. And they're playing the Edmonton Oilers, who they always had a little hard time with. But the Edmonton Oilers have been having a hard time at, a time at hockey overall. Uh, what turned out to be their uh, their coaches, their not longtime coach, but most recent coach's last game, uh, where they ended up firing him after this. Ironically, uh, getting seeing a coach get fired after a four to one game is is something you don't expect. But Edmonton won four to one on that one. Zach Hyman got a hat trick. Uh, I was there at the game with Jim, and we'll talk about our experience there. It was Veterans Day tribute night. Uh, and it was nice uh, for all the uh, veterans tributes that they did, but uh, it was not a pretty game. Started off kind of nicely, and then you know, uh, but it just went went downhill fast. So can they bounce back again against uh, Colorado, who they had beaten earlier? A lot of Colorado games here already this year. Brandon Tanev's back. You're like you're feeling like the electricity. Tan Tanev Turbo Tanev's back, and maybe these guys are going to get get going here. And and Tanev even scores a goal. Unfortunately, the only goal for the crack in that game, uh, they they lost five to one. Really, uh, not much we're going to want to talk about. <laughs> I was just talking about the wheels falling off uh, after the first period on that one. It was not pretty. Uh, can they come back two days later? So it's like, you know, day, one day off, back on the rink the next day and uh, November 15th. A game against Edmonton, which started well. I, I felt like we were, we were, Jim, we were, we were tasting victory there. We were so, so close. Joey Decord playing a solid game, most of it. Um, even though uh, you know, Connor McDavid was having a Connor McDavid uh night, and he, you know, he scored the first goal, but Jared McCann, uh Bellamar, Winberg, uh, all coming up with goals. But man, Evander Kane, <laughs> this guy. What do we say? I don't know. It's it just uh, obviously a controversial figure in the NHL. And, man, the dude still has skills. Love him or hate him. He gets a um, a hat trick in the game. Well, he scores the next two goals and then wins the uh, game with an overtime goal. And the Edmonton Oilers come up with a win 4-3 to three, uh, on this evening uh, game in Edmonton. So uh, the guys, um, it was up and down, kind of, kind of roller coaster time. A little more down though than up. Uh, they got a busy schedule. They got the following, uh, you know, the Islanders game. We're recording this just before that game. Uh, we got uh, three home games coming up on Thanksgiving week. So busy time for these guys. They got to try to right the ship here. Uh, we will mention though, I didn't say that Shane Wright and Ryan Winterton came up for a couple of games. Good to see them, but they're back down. Ebbs is back. Bellamere is back. Uh, they also sent down Devin Shore down to Coachella and subsequently Andrew Podolowski, who, uh, you know, we see him in preseason, but this is his first time in uh in a regular season, you know, Seattle Kraken uniform. Uh, he was a healthy scratch for the Edmonton game, but he was up. And uh, nice to see him. He's had a he's been a solid centerman for the Coachella Valley Firebirds, and uh, this was his first time in a while getting a chance in the NHL. He had a couple of cups of coffee with the Carolina Hurricanes a few years ago, but uh, he's been an AHL player for a while, for most of his career or most of his recent career so uh, nice to see him get a, maybe get a chance we'll see and if we will we see him in some subsequent games but uh that's where we're at jim um 
you know, um, you know, that last one, the Edmonton game, this most recent one, God, I just thought, okay, here they bounce him back with a win. And uh, Hmm. that was a gut punch of that OT and for Kane to get the dang goal. Yeah, it was. And I, I don't, I mean, we obviously just witnessed that and I've got so many notes sitting in front of me from the last five games. And it's been such a, a Jekyll and Hyde ride here in the last five, like more so than the year already. Um, and it's, it's kind of disturbing because, you know, of all these games, I got one green card game and that was obviously the Avs game. Uh, that was a great game. I mean, it was a full out great rivalry type game. Um, the Colorado fan base is hating us. We're hating them. I, I do like the fourth line combos of the boys coming up. I thought they did well with Devin Shore the first night. And then, uh, then when they sent Shore back down, then they put Carche on that fourth line. And, you know, they were only serving anywhere from eight and a half to 10 minutes, but they did what fourth lines do. They did their job and they had a defensive structure first and then capitalized and pounced on any, you know, uh, problems on the other club. So I like that. Um, all the other games are just really hard to look at when, when you break it down, you know, those two games in a row, the, uh, the Edmonton and then the, uh, Colorado back-to-backs basically, um, we had shooting problems and, and uh, big time. We, you and me were at the Edmonton game and we had nine shots in the first two periods and we couldn't believe that that ticker wasn't moving. Right. Or, I mean, yeah. you see them losing some games badly, but at least, you know, the shots on goal are sort of comparable. It was like, they, they weren't even in the game at all. Like, yeah. And, and that's what, you know, and that's what made, you know, hacks blow up at practice the next day. Um, he had it out. He had a center circle after the hard warm up. It was a very hard practice according to guys like McCann and everything, but, uh, he just blew up and, uh, media reported it and had to bleep out a lot of stuff. And he said, you know what? Shoot first mentality, basically. Let's quit messing around here. It didn't even seem to help the next game that, uh, I went to again, uh, which was another red Carter. It was, uh, you know, that was the one that Tana scored first. And, um, then we got that Winberg goal called back, which was absolute nonsense. And we can analyze the Ooh, crap out of yeah, that. Yeah. That was you. really bad. The goalie interference one. Yeah. It's just so stupid. I mean, I can't, <laughs> You know, it's funny. I, well, I was at pregame warmups watching at the end, and uh, there was a guy down there, some reporter, and he didn't have any credentials hanging on his neck or anything. And I saw one of the ushers talking to him, like, you know, what are you doing here, whatever. And he goes, well, they let me in. T-. I was kind of half listening. And he said, let him in. And he was just like some private, independent uh, correspondent guy. And he happened to be from Colorado. I didn't know it. I figured that out when I was on the web or I was on Twitter or something looking. I go, hey, that's the guy that was in front of me taking photos and doing a little, you know, game report, whatever. Of course, his view of it, because he talked about that play, was so, you know, pro Colorado. I'm like, oh, my God, dude, come on. We can analyze the crap. That was the softest goaltender interviews I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Anyway, it really was. It was dumb. In a lot. Because, (laughs) Because I know, because he, number one, yes, he touched his pad. It was embellished with the kick leg back. He laid there on his stomach for two rebounds of Wenberg's just defeated. And then Wenberg put it up top. Plus, first of all, they were shorthanded. It was the laziest back check I've ever seen in, in a game. I thought I was just picking it apart. And I said, if I was the league and I was reviewing this, I would just, you know, give them, give the Seattle the goal for the just lousy play on behalf of Colorado. I was so chapped off. And I, 
you know, you've heard me say it before. I don't usually bitch about calls, but this one, I, I really lost it. All right, enough of that. Um, yeah, so it was red card, red card, you know, games, and it was very frustrating. Um, looking back on some of the points of the night, I did enjoy the the veterans night. Uh, there was a, a toast to uh, dedication to a hundred year old guy uh, before the national anthem, and you and didn't look a hundred. God, the guy looked like, looked like on a gun maybe. right now. <laughs> oh my God, he looked good. I couldn't believe it. And I thought, and he got an incredible ovation. And that was the best part of the night, you know? Um, and then, you know, moving ahead to the Colorado game just before this one, uh, that tandem coming back and all that stuff. And the McCarr boos are just, they're getting more intense, to be honest with you. It's kind of fun. It kind of reminds me of the Char days uh, in Montreal uh, after, you know, taking out what's his name on the glass. And, uh, it just goes on and on and on. And that was a slow death game. You know, the night before that, that game against Edmonton was one of the worst games of the year that I've seen for sure. And then this one was similar, but a much longer drawn out death to the end. Um, so it was very, it was back to back bad. Um, yeah, I was watching then, that game on TV and, you know, like it started, started off nicely. Yeah. You're like, okay. And, Man, just the, it was one of those ones the wheels fell off. And this is one of the many games I've noticed, you know, to varying degrees, granted. But this team doesn't, can't, doesn't seem like they can play 60. They, they're a good 40-minute team. For, for, you know, and, and they vary. Sometimes they'll start badly and get better or the other way around. But it's a, I, I don't feel like they can they're, that they're playing top for a full yeah. game, only part of the game they looked good. Well, you know, the Edmonton game on November 11, you and me sat there. It was at the 10-minute mark of the first, and they lost it. Four goals, right? <laughs> and that was game over. And then, then they kept up. Then Edmonton got very few shots after that. Yeah, that's true. Um, but then this other one was halfway through the game, and then they just lost momentum, lost everything. The puck possession, the, it just wasn't good. The the Decision process and puck management was sucking. Uh, you know, they, they look okay zone to zone when you break it down, but the puck management just falls apart one play and they're gone on the transition. Um, now, tonight's game obviously <laughs> was a much better game to to watch, but the whole time I was watching it thinking, oh, God, you, you, you never feel safe, right? And sure enough, I mean, right down to the wire, and I'm like, oh, man, look at this. And then, you, you know, here comes McDavid. He had three rushes basically on one shift right away. And Joey did well in basically stopping. And I thought, Oh my God, it, it must be something to be in the crowd and have your own player, like just puck on his stick, you know, like end to end rush stuff like, Oh God, you know, but it, it wouldn't, you know, I mean, not him getting it, but who else standing on the paint all night in those last period, getting those three goals. That's where he belongs. He's on the paint. Yeah, doing his right, thing, yeah. Right. That he's just in that right place. I, I mean, I was looking just kind of perusing some article. I don't know if it was an athletic or someone is saying that, you know, Connor McDavid's not looking Connor McDavid enough. No bull. He sure did tonight. He sure looks he's, like his old self. Maybe he started a little, you know, and the whole team was struggling. They they seem to be riding their ship uh, slowly but well, surely. I'm not worrying about them if I was an Oilers fan, but no, he looked he was he looked like you know fantastic to watch. You know, who made a nice couple of little stops on him was Dumoulin. Dumoulin yeah. had, had some good D against McDavid. You uh, know, I got to say four. something. I was looking at some data and some analytic stuff uh, a few games ago, and as you know, our defensive side of the puck is struggling this year on goals uh shots allowed goals against everything and 
our top four D top two pairings are a big part of that. Our five, six Dumoulin and Schultz have actually played well. They've shown up in a lot of graphs uh, with, with some solid high structure uh, for defense. So we can't, we can't ride on them at all um, for the amount of minutes they're pulling a game. And when you're looking at their numbers, so you're right. I, it's noticeable. I was yeah, just Dumoulin's got, I think the stat might be before the uh, Oilers game here, but uh, minus two. For, yeah. But know, even minus yeah. three for Justin. No, but you can look at some other guys and yeah. there are a lot more. I mean, well, even his deep dive analytics are, are solid, you know, it's uh, I mean, Dunn's 16. a minus seven, uh, you know, Borg. And I, one, you but, know, I've been replaying a lot of stuff, uh, just looking at breakdowns and stuff. And in those two bad losses in the middle run there, the defense work was just horrible. There was, you know, it looked like, like the home, first season. Kind of. There was a lot of blue bodies at home, you know, close to the play, but confused, you know, and, and out of position just a little bit. There's a lot of two defensemen going behind the net at the same time. You can only ex- listen. You can only expect a winger to come so low. Uh, you know, he's not going to be hanging on the paint when you got 2D behind the net or in the corner. And I saw a lot of that communication screw ups going on. Uh, Alexia, I hate to point fingers, but I mean, it was so obvious. I mean, these guys, they are working on it in film the next day when you see it. It's they're going, they're going, what are you doing here? You know better than this. So there was a lot of that going in the top to uh, Perry's um, and all the way through that run. So we know that's a, an issue. Um, yeah, it's just frustrating because uh, it's it just like I said, we 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 were winning, but you back there felt the whole time like this thing ain't over. I in fact, I made a comment to some guy, and uh, he said on Twitter, he said, you know, we got a lead in this economy. And I said, dude, we got a lead in many economies, and we shit the bed. So don't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, and you know you don't feel safe unless they're like maybe there's one minute left and they're up two goals or more. But if you're up one, my yeah. God, it feels like a tie game right at that. I mean, point. did did you and ever feel go ahead? Did you ever feel safe at three to one? Um, not at that point. I um no, I but yeah. I mean I not at not at that point. I mean, if it was three to one with you know a couple minutes left, I'd feel okay, but yeah. if, a little more than that but at three to two i really wasn't and, and like you know that. what and and joey you know i i you know i you know i'm a joey fan and i'm pulling for him. we all are right okay he's not doing terrible well, I mean, we'll break on that thing, little thing, bit i mean and the thing about joey though is i wonder is is the pressure of ot or shootouts or any of that is he not good with that because it's interesting he all four overtime losses have been joey games um, so he's, he's kept a minute, you know, he's, he's well, two and four now, uh, groups three and six and, uh, granted his, his little stats are a little bit better than groups save percentage and goals against, but, um, you know, a lot of that's because of those really lopsided games that group is in, but, um, you know, I just, I'm like when the pressure's going and cause he makes some really good stops early. No, he does. He, he does. And the thing is, is, and he did in the three on three at the end. And, you know, they, it was a seven and a half minute mark of roughly the game when uh, Evander Kane got that second goal. And I go, OK, we got we got some work to do here. And both teams were playing extremely hard. And S- Seattle was was totally clamping down, playing really smart, structured play. 
getting it out, not doing stupid stuff, no giveaways, no turnovers, pretty much solid hockey. And I thought to myself, get to the 220, 230 mark, and you're good to go. They're going to pull their tendy, the whole nine. They got it to that point. They couldn't get their tender out. The pressure was good. And I thought, okay, here we go. And then, of course, you know, that late rush, 40, what was it, 41, 41 seconds or something. That was under gets that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, shit. And you work so hard to get to that point. You know, you deserved it, actually. And so that was a real bummer. And then I thought, oh, great. You know, because nobody wants to go. Listen, nobody wants to go three on three with McDavid and Saddle in the league. Nobody wants to go with them. And Joey shut him down three times on that one shift. And so it wasn't it, what you were saying about Joey. I, I don't think it has anything to do with that. It's just he's he's more obviously he's a more aggressive uh, attack tendy uh, as opposed to Groom. By the way. That first goal that they got um, when Dreis on that transition game when they poked it out and Drysaddle went up the middle, and it was basically kind of a two on three, and Larson started cheating towards the middle, which he probably shouldn't have done, and um, that left you know McDavid wheels on the left wing coming down, and that perfect little backhand flip from Drysaddle. Now right there, you know Joey's an aggressive tender. I thought he was going to come and cut him down a bit on that, you know, a little bit on the angle. He didn't. He didn't come out at all and challenge and he didn't poke check. And I thought, you know, that's Joey's game challenge, poke check, yeah, whatever. He, he did that. He did that at Nugent Hopkins. Nugent Hopkins had this yeah. thing. Oh, so, my God, here's going to be a goal and Joey out angle. Yeah. Yeah. And so I didn't see any of that aggression out of him on that one, which kind of surprised me because that's that's his game. And I just wonder if it's like, oh, fuck, here comes, you know, <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, obviously it's frustrating. But like Allison said, as I was walking away, she goes, sorry about that. And I go, you don't have to be sorry to me. I just, I'm kind of used to this right now. It's just straight up. I, I am. It's 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 a frustrating deal. Um, I'm trying to be, we're all trying to be patient with this stuff. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I I put a poll out the other day on Twitter just for the hell of it. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. You did you? I think did I did. You? But you said. Yeah, it was like, I said, you know, I, the, the, uh, the uh the grade line the um for thanksgiving is coming and i said what's up i mean you got so i made three choices i said is he, is he gone or does he get uh does he get a leash of a full year or are we doing some trades yeah hackstall are we doing trades and i'm not insinuating that any one of those is going to happen but th- believe me this will be the talk you know, in the gm stuff like what are we going to do here we got to do something okay like tonight um root was talking before the game like you know, it's not desperation times and everything. And I'm like, you know what? It kind of is right now because it's getting there. It's it getting totally there. is, man. Look at look at the standings and hit the hit the wild card bubble and look where you're at. I know you're only like four points out of. I don't know what happened tonight with the other clubs, but I know you're only four points out of the bottom two bubble. Call, call, but, let's see, Colorado beat Anaheim, uh, yeah, which pretty badly too. That was an eight to two game. Um, but uh, yeah, it's um, you know they they they're in the lower middle of the They're like a yeah. team right now. Uh, granted, yep. that doesn't mean a lot because there's not that many games. In no, season, but it just it doesn't feel if they're feeling like they've taken a step back overall. Yeah, you see some good play. You do see feel like they just need to make some sort of adjustments or something, and they'll get back playing like they were last year. But we're just not seeing it, certainly not seeing it at a consistent level. The consistency actually has been more poor or is yes. one or two really, you know, decent, solid 
periods of hockey, but there's yep. one. It's the first period or the third period, or sometimes it's the second. It changes up, but there's one really bad period. It, it feels like to me. I may be exaggerating, yep. but it feels no, no, like you're, a lot no. of the games. You're right on. And you know what? They know it too. I mean, they were doing the pregame interviews and they used Larson uh, tidbits. And he said the same thing. He says, it, it sometimes it's a two minute problem that causes the changes a game. And he's right, but it's actually more than that. And, you know, I, I also have some other numbers that are huge here for what's going before on. Before you get to that, numbers, yeah. just to say, just to get jump back on the standings and thing, I mean, Obviously, the Kraken are lucky to be in the same division as the San Jose Sharks. Oh, God. Don't, I keep saying that, by the you way. You know, the whole and, division. Um, but everything else is very bunched. And, and they're, you know, they're kind of like the Pacific Division overall. You know, Vegas obviously is killing it. But, but you know, you get the, the Kings, the Ducks, Kraken, Flames, and, and now Oilers have kind of caught up to the pet. They're all within, you know, a, a few points. Yeah, so, and I had them. Yeah. You know, they I had them going to, I had us going two and three before the break. Um, and it was kind of the consensus two and three, one, three and one or whatever. And you got to do better. I, I have this, you know, theory right now, philosophy right now is you got to beat any team below the bubble. You have to beat them straight up. And then you're going to have to steal some clubs above from here on, no matter what. And, um, we know we know what the cat uh, categories are. I, what are we four points from away from that wild card position too? Yeah, so they're uh, well th- three. Okay, uh, as of the day we're you know here is right, right. Fifteenth that we're looking at. It's uh, kind of been hanging. They're a game and a half, two games out. You know. Yeah. So part of the big problem is what what Haxtell blew up on in practice, and that is shooting, which is surprised uh, you never. You know, us fans always yell at the TV, shoot, shoot, shoot. We see yell at the Santa, and then you got the other people saying, look, they're not hearing you, and they're not, they want to shoot when they want. Well, you know what? Just shoot. So um, he that was his big beef, and you've noticed it. Guys like Winnie are stepping up and releasing without thinking about it again. You've seen some of the memes out there. Uh, oh, well, to- you and I talk about his Winberg out there. Is he? I see a guy in his jersey, but is he doing anything? He has been lately. You're right. Yeah. That blow up. Well, that was his first goal, but I mean, he's actually ever since that Haxtell talk, sure. the meeting, he's he's letting it go. He's doing something. Yeah, no, he is because usually you'd see them just do when they do get these goals. They're like kind of close to the goal, little futsy things. Yep. You and I always say, "Gee, I wish we had a Joe Pavelski on this team." Oh that, God, you know, don't you? It's right in the middle of the, you know, right in front yes. of the goalie and redirect shots. We don't. It doesn't feel like we got a guy like that. And even you know, if McCann, even it, McCann and Schwartz is scoring decently, and and so is Bjorkstrand, but nobody else. Yeah. yeah and by the way, a great great uh, point streak there, Schwartzy, on that nine nine game oh, streak yeah. there. God, nice. He's been see. so solid. Anyway, just a couple things. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the number shooting percentage. Um, for for life. Um, I, the disclaimer here is I'm not going to, um, put anybody that's, uh, for the most part, a defenseman on the sheet here, uh, cause they don't take enough shots for one and anybody that's played less than like five games. So Schwartzy, 18.2%, which is great. Bjorkstrand 17.6, which is great. And that's why he's having such a great year because remember last year he was hanging out forever, five, yeah. 6%. He was in the geeky range as I call it. Yeah, he well, he started. He was very slow forever. So, and I, I will call that the geeky range for life. Um, <laughs> the new man. I love the, the line. The geeky range. Okay. Look, I like the guy, but I got to use something. Um, and then McCann's at thirteen six. Now, after that, it's pretty average stuff. I mean, hardly on the radar, you know, as far as 
teams. Um, so everybody before below 10% that's worthy of speaking of. Now, look, this is not good. So Gord's 6.9, and he takes a lot of shots. Karche, 6.1. He's been quiet. Nobody's talking about it. He's been quiet. Um, this is real bad. Maddie's 3.8%. This is lower than Bjorkstrand was last year, lower than Geeky's numbers all time um, type of thing. And Ebbs, as you know, we bring him up. He needs. He's a top six guy. He's on the first line. By the way, the first line is back together tonight because the injuries are back or, you know, our players are back. So we don't have to do any line shuffling, which Hacks was doing a lot of in that five-game run. And I, I will say he did a good management of it. He did what he could. He really did. Um, and I do like what he did with the second line there a couple nights ago when he brought Tanev up. The first thing I thought was, Hmm, Tanev's second line. That's just not a Tanev thing. He's a three, four liner guy for life, right? But it sparked and it worked. And you know what? The last two games, that guy's been one of the best players on the ice, whether he has the puck or not. He's his edge work is great. He's doing really smart plays. He's dishing off when he needs to. He's not holding on to it too long. He's playing perfect. Yeah. Okay, so there's some numbers there. And then you already went over the 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 Gru and jo Joey. So the Gru and Joey thing. You know, it started out pretty solid if you went halfway through the games. Uh, it was a nice tandem. It was pretty much back and forth. We could do what we want. Over this run, it has, you know, dropped uh, pretty good, actually. So now we're now we're at the point where we can't say the tending has been outstanding. And da, 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 da. It's just it's kind of average right now compared to the first five, six. Um, the... the Power play, of course, is still clicking good at twenty six five. That's in that's eighth overall in the league. The and PK what's, uh, is, and what's um uh, you know the one that we uh, complain about all the time the uh, face off wins that's I, improved right. It has, but you know what? I'm it's, I am not keeping track of that anymore unless it's drastic one way or the other. That's my new philosophy here. Um, it just doesn't matter anyway, and unless you know it, it's it's improved enough to like not worry about it unless it's a big time situation individual late game draw type of thing um the pk is not doing well still it's bottom four um our shots against are not good and our shots four are down so they're in the bottom you know sixth on that stuff so those are things that were never like that last year that's half the reason that all has to change and that's part of why he blew up hacks um, other than that, uh, you got to, we got to start winning. Like I said, we have to win games below the bubble. We just have to. And you know what? We're still a better road team, no matter what. I know that was the other thing. I'm, just, I think, thanks for bringing that up. I was going to say, again, of like, you know, stinking at home, but on the road playing noticeably better. Yeah. I mean, and you know, it's not like. I was talking to Alice about it. She goes, what is it? And I go, I don't know. It's it's some psyche thing because it's not a pressure thing. They don't care. They love being at home. They love showing up to the rink, walking down the hallway, going to the dress room, getting in that climate pledge. Arena. They love it. Um, it's not a pressure thing at all. It, there's some psyche funk going on. And, you know, the, the old, all those old coaches used to say when they become analysts, that players just love being on the road anyway because it does the team bonding thing differently. You know, they – they all eat at different restaurants together and what have you. And I get it, but I, there's no excuse for the that. The world's against on. us and we're eating together. Damn it. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, I mean, is that, the, I, I guess they got to feel the bond. I know that you're right. 
Yeah, I know. And the thing is, is like, I know it bugs the hell out of the players because you can sense it and hear it in Yanni's voice when he, they talk about it, you know, and he's like, we love our fans. We just, we'd love to do better, you know, type of thing. Oh God, but, the, the presser, last presser I saw of uh, Larson, God, he looked, I looked like he was, that's just so the way he is. He has that depressed look anyway, but he was, he was bumming. Yeah, he's got that slow, like, Swedish talk and he's got them little bags between below his eyes right there yeah and um he just he's really slow drawn out talk the way he says things but he means what you know he he knows exactly what he's saying um yeah we got it frustrated because i remember that from the first year times yeah where getting just this look of frustration you get we, you and i are at our seats and you can just look on the guy's face and sometimes in a couple of pressers recently i've you know because usually he's just yeah very stoic and you're totally right that you know the nordic kind of vibe yeah. there are times just and i'm just thinking back to that first season he has this little look okay. on his face he's 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 extra bummed yeah and you know i'll tell you you know as great as dunner is with his point production and everything and running the pk or pp and everything those he had that three game run in that out of those five where he was a pissy pissy guy i mean he was taking he was frustrated he was taking stupid penalties late you saw it and that's frustration of what's getting, going getting on in fights yeah yeah no that's pure frustration of where they're at and what's going on it's nothing more than that that's not him he's pissed off man he wants to win like anybody else but he was doing stupid shit because of it you know totally well, hopefully this uh, this game uh, frustrates them enough, and, and but they can play smart, shoot the puck, actually shoot it, and not futz around. Um, this, I mean, there are some games that are that are winnable. Islanders, so this will probably come out after the Islanders game. So we'll we'll talk up briefly about it in our next uh, episode, which will be in a few days. But you know, Islanders uh, then on the road against the Canucks, then back home for three. Uh, at all three of these games, I'll be at Jim. You'll be with me in one of them. I have the Calgary Flames, uh, San Jose Sharks, and Vancouver again. And I don't know. I'm like, I'm just skeptical, and maybe just because of recent years, I maybe I shouldn't be. But I just, I, I kind of feel like Vancouver is going to come down to earth a little bit. Oh, God. I feel like a bit decent team, but both uh, you can see it with Anaheim already and with Vancouver. I think they're going to. This is a great well, opportunity for the Kraken to get back in the in the in the hunt and and with confidence if they can win at least one of these games. Oh, I agree. I'm I'm going tomorrow, so. The one the good thing is, is yeah. yeah, the one good thing is they're both playing back-to-backs. So who's going to be more tired? Who's going to feel the effects? Um, but I still, Vancouver's still doing more than I thought, no matter what. And it's kind of ticking me off because I expect them to falter. But I don't know if they can. Their offense is looking so solid right now. Their offense is their defense, basically. You know, Talk it making that big of a difference? Because I know there's some new players, but... <laughs> It's, it's weird. Well, okay, Demko's having a year, right? For one, he's healthy. Yeah, yeah, and he's one of the top five, and he always has been projected since he stepped in the league almost. So he's really looking solid. That's a difference, right? Um, and guys are having career years right now with them. You know, uh, whether it's Hughes on the point and he's the new captain, and right, is he? The, yeah, he is. I think. Yeah. Um, and Pedersen, those guys are just doing it. And, uh, oh, it's so I don't know. We'll, we'll see, but I'll tell you what, you're right though. If we could like win tomorrow or whatever, 
Beat beat the Islanders and beat one yeah. of, get one of those Canucks games. We, the, here's the thing: if you, one, but but either either one of those. If you can beat the Canucks that on that Saturday game, is it? Yeah, yeah. That would be a huge thing. Confidence in their own head, like all right, these guys are hot, and we just knocked them off. And plus, it would you know, it it would just be good. So we'll see. Um, yeah, we look. We got to get going here, man. Um, the month is approaching. A lot of divisional. These are all division games. It might have, might have the Islanders. Yeah, they're double point games technically. But then they got a few days off before they uh, hit the road to go to Chicago and Toronto. So, yep. uh, so there's a little bit of a break. But this is this is you know crunch time here for them. totally and, uh, crunch time for the coaching staff. Everything so much is telltale in November. Yes, there's a ton of hockey left, but this is where this is the time you got to turn a corner and i just don't feel Absolutely. like turning a corner yet i don't i i don't know i the identity of this team is weird i don't i, I don't know what to think of them i are they you know uh, i do think a lot of it no matter what um has been two years of coaching and filming of 31 other clubs particularly in your own division or the west figuring out the hackstall system which is obviously doable. It's it's different enough to where you can work it and play it. And you know, I have no other explanation other than that. And I don't see why you couldn't play against it. So there's that. And um we'll see, right? Well, and maybe we can help the team by getting them, you know, they they I think they all need their own uh Dunn and Larson maritime Ooh. log room t-shirts and that, that might turn the tail so uh <laughs> as I mentioned jim and i were at, at the game uh, a few days ago and i'm wearing my dunn and larson maritime law group slash fan cast t-shirt modeling it in front of a lot of people pushing myself on the ice i think totally Tolby, on the glass i think tolby caught it tolby kind of looked up like, they <laughs> i guarantee you they saw it Somebody, eh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But we gotta, we gotta get them a, a shirt, and we gotta get you, all the listeners, a shirt. They are flying. After a while, it seemed like God, nobody wants our shirts. They are flying off the shelves, folks. Especially the Dunn and Larson ones. I got. We gotta thank our <laughs> Jessa for putting it up on a yes, Kraken board. Uh, thanks, very ladies much of the Kraken, for, for for the promotion, and we've been getting a lot. So I, we're actually, I don't know. We don't have a lot left, but uh, but we probably will order order more. But if you go to Seattle, KrakenFanCast.com, folks, click on uh, the shop link up top, and um, you can either get a Kraken FanCast one, and it's got the, our big logo right in the front, very handsome-looking T-shirt, or the Dunn & Larson Maritime Law Group in the front and a little uh, Kraken FanCast logo in the back, also a very handsome shirt and, and a, already a popular one. So... Uh, get those shirts uh, soon, folks, because, uh, uh, you know, we'll we'll run out. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. Maybe we'll have a little cottage industry on the side. May, we may be coming up with some we'll other restock. too, right? Come on. Uh, yes. Right, Jim, maybe yep. some other ones that uh, don't have to be NHL approved, but all Kraken fans will understand them. Yes. So, um, so we, we may get into this a little bit more. But anyway, we appreciate everybody who's ordered them so far. And if you're waiting on them... Uh, Believe me, I'll get I'll get to them in a few days. I think I, I've got a three or four I gotta I gotta send out uh soon. But uh 
we'll be getting them out soon. So thank you for all the orders and the interest on that. Uh, also, thanks for staying in touch with us as much as you can on Facebook, on Instagram, our Twitter. Twitter's really gone up for us uh, these days, and that that's nice to see a lot of a lot of a lot of people uh, liking our posts or conversing with us on there we appreciate it we're at cast kraken is our handle on twitter i keep calling it twitter i'm sorry i mean x whatever you all know what i mean um so uh Just say x twitter x twitter or twitter x yeah. exactly yeah. it's still if you go to twitter.com it still takes you there so uh anyway yeah so we've got that um remember folks this podcast is available on apple Podcasts, spotify podbean and our own website which i just mentioned and i'll mention again seattle crack and fancast.com uh, we also hope you'll consider supporting us on our patreon financial patreon financial support platform you can find more information for that at patreon.com slash fancast we have a bunch of supporters we're very grateful to them all thank you so much for your support um all right and that's that does it for this uh you may notice we, we try to do this a little more often this year we were almost really at like the two week mark but too much is going on so if we're like every seven to 11 days you know we're we're trying to get on a little bit more we are, are reaching out to some interviews so working on that uh, of some notable people in the uh, kraken community so stay tuned for that uh, we'll also get a few other guests like our buddy Mike Brandt, uh, NHL Sasquatch, and Paul Brownlow. We had those guys on last season. We'll try to get them on soon, too, to, to get some other perspectives, other people who are part of the Kraken community doing their own podcasts and webcasts and all. It's, it's great to get some other perspective and 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 uh, click with those folks, too. We, lo- we love listening to their programs as well. So uh, Nathan Gunderson, you may have noticed he was not with us tonight, but we he will likely be with us next episode. So uh, Jim, thanks as always for you and for our producer, Jay Middleton. I'm Chris Porter. We thank you very much for tuning in. And as always, we say, go, go Kraken.